Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Today we're finishing out Joshua chapter 8. We've seen the conquest of the city of Ai by ambush, the total destruction of all the inhabitants of the city of Ai, the hanging of the king, and his uh, being thrown at the entrance to the gate of the city, a pile of stones heaped up over him, all of the things that took place, uh, and ultimately the city of Ai being set on fire and burnt at this time. Before we finish Joshua chapter 8, there is one more very, very significant set of verses at the end of this chapter that shows again both the faithfulness of the Lord in bringing his people into the land just as he had promised while they were in the wilderness and also the faithfulness of Joshua to carry out all of the commands that the Lord had given through Moses, his servant. So we're reading Joshua chapter 8 verses 30 through 35. Then Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel, in Mount Ebal, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the sons of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones on which no man had wielded an iron tool, and they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And he wrote there on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written in the presence of the sons of Israel. And all Israel, with their elders and officers and their judges, were standing on both sides of the ark before the Levitical priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the stranger as well as the native. Half of them stood in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebal, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had given command at first to bless the people of Israel. Then afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessing and the curse, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel with the women and the little ones and the strangers who were living among them. Now, at first sight or first hearing, this might not seem like that significant of a passage. So they're all going up to these mountains. They're reading the words of the law. Uh, What is the big deal here? Well, the big deal is that God had really predicted this event take place for the people back when they were still uh, east of the Jordan River, before the conquest had ever commenced, while Moses was still alive back in Deuteronomy 27. So we're going to look at Deuteronomy 27 briefly and just read a couple of verses that highlight Uh, where this occurs. Looking down in Deuteronomy 27, in verse 11, Moses also charged the people on that day, saying, When you cross the Jordan, these shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, 
Joseph and Benjamin. Of course, he's talking about the tribes, not the individuals who had lived hundreds of years before and had passed on. Verse 13, and for the curse, these shall stand on Mount Ebal. Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. The Levites shall then answer and say to all the men of Israel with a loud voice, and after this are written all the curses uh, that are given. So we are told here in Deuteronomy 27 that they're going to stand half of the tribes on Mount Gerizim and half of the tribes on Mount Ebal. At the beginning of Deuteronomy 27, we read Moses and the elders of Israel charged the people, saying, Keep all the commandments which I command you today, so it shall be on the day when you cross the Jordan to the land which the Lord your God gives you. You shall set up for yourself large stones and coat them with lime and write on them all the words of this law when you cross over in order that you may enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, a land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord your, the God of your fathers promised you. So it shall be when you cross the Jordan, you shall set up on Mount Ebal these stones as I am commanding you today, coat them with lime. Moreover, you shall build there an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. You shall not wield an iron tool on them. You shall build the altar of the Lord your God of uncut stones, and you shall offer on it burnt offerings to the Lord your God. And you shall sacrifice peace offerings and eat there, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, and you shall write on the stones all the words of this law very distinctly. So they are told explicitly in Deuteronomy 27 exactly what to do when they come into the land of Canaan, that they're to make their way up to Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. Now, Let's review a little bit of where we've already been. So we started off to the east of the Jordan River in Joshua chapter 1. They cross over the Jordan River in chapters 3 and 4 and go to the site of Gilgal, an uh, area where they would have camped, perhaps just to the north and east of the city of Jericho. They conquered Jericho, which is down in the Dead Sea Valley area. It would have been very dry down there, very low in the Jordan Rift Valley near the Jordan River. Then they make their way up into the mountains a little bit to the city of Ai, which is next on their hit list, and eventually conquer the city of Ai. From the city of Ai, to get to Mount Gerizim and Ebal, they're going to go north, maybe 10, 15 miles through the hills, through the hill country of what would later be known as uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. And uh, they go to these hills in verses 30 and 35 and perform this uh, covenantal ceremony that is delineated back in Deuteronomy chapter 27. Presumably at this time, they were maybe conquering cities from Ai to the area of Ebal and Gerizim, uh, but none of that is recorded for us uh, uh, in this passage here. 
So some significant cities on the way, one particular city, the city of Shiloh, that's not mentioned at this time, but is mentioned later on as the place where the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant in particular would have come to dwell. Well, in Joshua 8 and verse 30, Joshua, following the command of the Lord given through Moses, goes up to Mount Ebal, builds an altar to the Lord, on this mountain, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the sons of Israel. Now again, in verse 31, uh, the author is making it clear, Moses was the servant of the Lord. That title has still not been applied to Joshua. We've seen that the Lord has exalted Joshua in the eyes of the people. He has used Joshua. He's communicated directly to Joshua. Remember the end of chapter 5 and the commander of the Lord's army telling Joshua to take off his sandals. The place that he was standing was holy ground. But none of these passages talk about Joshua as the servant of the Lord, using the same terminology that they had used of Moses. So the question at hand still is, is Joshua ultimately going to live up to uh, the type of individual that Moses was? Well, we read in verse 31 uh, that Joshua makes this altar of uncut stones, which no man had wielded an iron tool on, and they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. All of this is in fulfillment of Deuteronomy chapter 27, those words that were just read for you. Verse 32, he wrote there on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written in, all the, in the presence of all the sons of Israel. And all Israel with their elders and officers and the judges were standing on both sides of the ark before the Levitical priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the stranger as well as the native. Now picture this, if you will. There are two mountains or two very large hills and a valley between them. And in the valley, you have the priests with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And on one mountain, on Mount Ebal, at the base, probably, Joshua has built up this altar of uncut stones that uh, had not been shaped by human tools, and they were burning offerings on it and peace offerings on the mountain, there were six of the tribes of Israel, so about maybe a million people lined up on that mountain. On the other side of the valley, on Mount Gerizim, the other six tribes, or the ones that had come to war, at least, from the two and a half uh, tribes. And so they are all together watching as Joshua is building this altar, Joshua coats it just as uh, uh, Moses had said. Um, he writes the law of Moses on it. The coating would have uh, provided a base for them to etch in uh, the law into these uh, stones on this altar. And then he has the words of the law proclaimed for all the people to hear. 
Now imagine sitting outside and having someone read to you the majority of the book of Deuteronomy. We don't really think of that as very exciting language and literature today, but this was their constitution, their rule of life, how they were to live day by day. And it says in verse 34, he read all the words of the law, the blessing and the curse. Well, what is this all about? You might remember that in the law of Moses given in Deuteronomy, there were blessings outlined for the people of Israel if they would obey the word of the Lord and keep his covenant. But there were also curses that were promised for disobedience to the law of Moses and to the word of the Lord. He also says in verse 35, there was not a word of all that Moses had commanded which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel and the women and the little ones and the strangers who were living among them. Every single Israelite heard the words of the law, the blessings and the curses, all of it read to them as they were seated on these mountains or standing on these mountains while Joshua is performing this covenantal ceremony reminding them that they are in a covenantal relationship with God and they need to be obedient to him. He had brought them this far in the conquest and would give the rest of the land to them as well. What's very significant about this passage is, as I said before, it shows two things very clearly. God is faithful to his promises. He had spoken through Moses to the people that all of this would happen before it ever occurred, and it came to pass. This shows God's knowledge, his sovereignty, his total control over human history. At the same time, Joshua is faithful to obey the Lord's word that came through Moses. He is faithful to the word of the Lord. He puts into practice what the Lord has asked him to do. All of this teaches us that God is faithful to his word, and he desires for us to be people who are faithful to his word and to our words as well. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.